Okay, the prayer team is the group of people that we call forward after a sermon, uh, after a teaching time, for people to respond and receive prayer. And um, I haven't activated the prayer team much lately because there were some Sundays when like three or four people would come forward. It was kind of embarrassing. So on some Sundays when I wanted to do it, I wasn't sure if I would get that kind of response, so we would just have people pray for each other out in the crowd, which really is wonderful. I love that. I love that. For one reason, some people will not come to the front. So this gives them an opportunity to receive ministry. Another reason, some people will not be on the prayer team. They just don't want to do it. They think it's not their gifting. Yet, if they meet someone with a need, they'll pray with them. So it activates people to minister who wouldn't otherwise. Um, But I still like the prayer ministry team approach because it does something in an official capacity. We cannot do it every single Sunday because of our multi-purpose room. For example, this coming Sunday is a fellowship lunch fundraiser for the youth ministry right after service. We've tried to do the prayer team. And there's chairs stacking, people talking, tables slamming, and it just seems like real, really sacrilegious, you know. And, and then voices saying, not now, not now, we're praying for people. It's just kind of chaotic. So on those Sundays when there's a fundraiser lunch, we, we, we will not call the prayer team forward, the Lord willing. Um, but those Sundays are not. Get ready. You just may be called forward. Um, so first of all, the top ten priorities, and then we'll just go into some of the basics. Uh, prepare yourself to minister on this team before each service begins. If you can, come early to pray whenever possible. Number two, please deal with all possible offenses in a biblical manner so that you can be ready to minister from a pure heart. It may be in the middle of worship and you realize you hurt your wife's heart or your husband's heart or your child's heart. Just, you know, go to the person right then. It's appropriate. I raise my kids on my knees begging for their forgiveness. And be reconciled right there so that when it's time to minister, you don't have this thing in the background of your mind messing with you. Uh, Number three, please remember that this is a prayer ministry team. Our job is to pray with people as they respond after hearing the word of God proclaimed. Emphasize the word with. Uh, We're not praying for them. They, They pray too. We pray with them, right? And, of course, we pray for them, but we don't take the place of their prayers. Um, Number four, please be available to minister primarily after the sermon. Something unusual may happen, and we may call the team forward during praise and worship. Uh, Number five, please do not allow your role on this team to keep you from receiving prayer yourself whenever you need it. You may need prayer, and if we have plenty of people on the team, it will not hurt for you to not activate yourself as the team member, but receive prayer for yourself. Amen? Uh, Number six, um, please minister to members of your gender only unless you have a member of the opposite sex helping you. So ladies, if a man comes up to you for prayer, try to get another man to help you pray. And uh, use judgment. I mean, obviously, if everybody is busy praying and you're by yourself and you see a brother close by that you know loves the Lord, just call him, come up and help me. Just, just draft him. Well, they may not be on their prayer team. Well, they may not be, but let's let's draft them anyway. Um, if you know them, know those who labor among you. All this is within reason. Um, number seven, please do not ever be in a rush when you minister. Now, obviously, we don't want to be here all day, 
that you don't have to feel rushed. God created time, and he uses it for his purposes. Number eight, ask for help from leadership when, you're, when you need it. Um, look for an elder if you have a question. Uh, number nine, please be willing for other leaders to assist you should they ever feel led to do so. Don't feel like you're not doing a good job if somebody steps up and wants to help you. Number ten, please only minister in those meetings where you are not already serving in another ministry role. If you're an usher, greeter, singer in children's ministry, and don't abandon your post in children's church, oh, i got to go, I'm on the ministry team. No, we wear multiple hats around here. And in this particular ministry, the other ministries you're assigned to, you know, there's a calendar that goes out that says you're serving in this particular ministry. If you're assigned to that ministry, that one would trump this one. So this would kind of be your default ministry. So keep this in your Bible and be refreshed. Here's some guidelines for praying for people who come up for prayer. Um, If someone comes up for prayer, be bold and ask them, what do you want prayer for? Don't worry about being nosy because they wouldn't come forward if they didn't need prayer, right? You don't have to say, give me all the details, but just just uh, say, what do you want prayer for? If they did not have a need, they wouldn't be standing there. If their need is too personal to tell, they'll tell you it's just personal. If they're still describing the details of their needs after a few minutes, go ahead and interrupt them and say, okay, I think I've got enough to pray about. And just go to town praying. When you first begin to pray, give yourself 30 to 60 seconds to reflect, be quiet, pray in the Spirit quietly. Even if if a person has told you their need, it's never the whole story. So let the Lord guide you. You know, the, the essence of ministry is letting God's love find its destination through you. That's the bottom line. Uh, Besides praying for their needs, pray blessings into their life. Everyone needs more of God's love, God's peace, strength, and joy. We often don't know a person's specific need, but we know that they need prayer. Then by allowing the Spirit of God to lead the prayer, we will find that we prayed about the things that matter most to them. They'll usually cry sometimes because their prayer is about their life, their needs, and their problems. This can lead to our being amazed by God. Number three, don't neglect yourself. If you need prayer, be the first one up to receive it. Do not feel that it's your responsibility to pray for others at that time. Let someone else do it. Now, sometimes during the service, you may be led to pray for someone. Okay? But be sure it's the Lord leading you and that you're reading a thing, what's happening in the service. Here's an, here's an explanation. Uh, remember, when someone strongly feels God's presence, they might be led to repentance and maybe heavy-duty crying. When we see them like this, it is easy to be concerned that they're feeling pain, loss, or despair. If that truly is the case, then they do need someone to pray with them and over them. But if they're dealing with repentance or receiving direction for their personal life, then they may not need for us to approach them and distract them by praying over them. You know, that's okay, baby. They may not need that. They're repenting. It's not okay. Sin is wrong, right? Prayers at such a time are better off being prayed from a distance. So how do we know which case it is? Sometimes we can tell by the tone of the service, the songs being sung, or the words that were just said. Are they about repentance, commitment, surrender, trusting God to love us or to meet our needs? Generally, when someone goes to the front to kneel by themselves, they're offering themselves to God, their situation in repentance or some kind of commitment. This is usually a private matter, even though it's being done in a public setting. Ask God if that person needs you to approach them to pray over them. 
The more you ask God about what to do for someone, the easier it is to hear their answer as God's voice becomes clearer. And maybe you didn't, and you realized you missed it. The story's not over. Go to them after service and just say, hey, how are you doing? Can I pray with you about anything? It's not like, oh, you blew it. It's like the Holy Spirit's mad. I'm done now. Sorry, you missed it. He's not petty. He's not petty. If he touched your heart for someone's need, by all means, let God's love in you reach that destination. Amen? So that's a brief review of our training plus the uh, laying on of hands uh, CD, which is really practical things like having clean hands. One time somebody prayed for me in depth, and they had the smelliest hands. And when I learned afterwards that they were, a, they were in the medical profession, it greatly disturbed me. Um, also, we have lifesavers, breath savers for a purpose. For a purpose. I'm sorry they're not orange, licorice, or lemon flavor, but they're for a purpose. They're fellowship enhancers. They're lifesavers. They're, they, you can, if you get one stuck in your throat, you can still breathe. <laughs> so you shouldn't choke on one anyway. So by all means, fill, fill your pocket. You know, grab a bunch. Nobody's, you don't want to have any lifesaver Nazis in the church. Well, on, on Wednesdays we do. We hide the thing because the kids will just clean that thing out. But get some and, you know, service ends. You know you're going to minister. Put one in your mouth and um, be ready. All right. Any questions so far? Our original guidelines were written up, I think, a dozen years ago uh, by a lady named Carla Seifer, who now lives in San Diego, California. Carla still serves the Lord there. And uh, so I I feel like, you know, maybe maybe we're missing some things. Maybe there's something to to be seen that needs to be seen. And... uh, who knows, some people in the body of Christ are real perceivers. And I asked Marietta, Harold, to just check out what we're doing and how it can be enhanced and improved. And uh, I call her the troubleshooter. Um, she, one time we sent Marietta through the building and, and just make a list of things that are not finished. And how many was it, Greg? Like 111 things? Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So she's, she's very perceptive. Anyway, Marietta, come right on and teach us some more. It's going to be good. I'm going to grab some myself. Good evening, everybody. I'm really excited about our prayer team because you have an, we have the ability to impact somebody's life so positively, and we actually can be the conduit to connect them with God. And um, I'm really excited that everyone's here tonight and wants to be on this team and feels like they, they have something in their heart that says, I want to pray for other people. Um, One of the things we want to have is kind of a foundation, and I know most everybody in here, but our foundation is that we have to be born again to be on this team. We want to be water and spirit baptized. We want to be living a Christ-centered life. It doesn't say perfect. It just says a Christ-centered life. Um, Be teachable and able to receive correction without getting offended. Be faithful in your church, church attendance. And be a person of integrity, and I'll give you more on that later. Be consistent in your prayer life and in the study of the word. 
and be in unity with God and with those in authority, especially here in this church. So the first thing I want to cover is before the prayer starts, before we're called up, it's a good idea if you're on this team, and I do this in the morning while I'm getting ready. You don't have to get up an hour earlier to do it. But I pray for our service, for everybody who's attending, for our speaker, the worship team, um, and uh, for myself. I pray for visitors and uh, as well. And when I pray for myself, I do it because I want God to use me. So sometimes after the service, sometimes before the service, my life will intersect with somebody else that just needs to hear something to encourage them. And that's another way that we can be used in a positive way on this team. Um, When Pastor Allen covered a lot of this about when he'll call us forward or whoever the speaker is will call us forward, And we want to be attentive to what's going on. So if a ton of people come up, maybe you might want to hang hang back for a minute and see how many other people are coming up uh, so that we don't have a whole line of people standing here and one person that came up for prayer. And so kind of adjust yourself accordingly. And if you see it's a whole lot of people are coming forward, then get up really fast and be up there to help. You can also join somebody else. So if I'm praying by myself or I don't have anyone to pray with and someone came to Lois for prayer, I could walk up and join, I would walk up and ask, can I join you and pray for the person with, with Lois and let her carry on the lead with it since I joined her. Um, we want men to pray with men and women with women uh, or in teams. So you can have a husband and wife team, but we want to avoid men being ministered to by women, and vice versa. Okay, and don't form prayer gangs. You've seen them. One person gets really loud up here because the Lord is just touching them. And and you see this at women's conference a lot. (laughs) And then 15 people storm the woman who's having an encounter with God. And now you've got 15 people surrounding her. We want to take the woman that's, having an encounter or the man that's having an encounter and take them into the back where there's some privacy with maybe another woman. So if it's a woman that needs prayer, make sure there's a woman on that team and you go back together. If there's, um, And correct me if I'm wrong, if there are children in the green room, we have permission to kick them out to use that room. You all got to go. Okay. Okay. You heard it first here. <laughs> um. I find it's real helpful if I ask their name and then use it right away. Otherwise, when you meet a lot of people, sometimes it's real easy to forget their name. Partway through the prayer, you're like, wow, did they say their name was Debbie or was it Denise? What was their name? So I try to use their name right away. Um, Don't touch them unless you ask permission first, even if it's on the shoulder. I always kind of use the rule that if it's a guy, I don't want to touch anywhere that if he was wearing a one-piece bathing suit like a woman wore, that fell in there and had shorts on that came down here. Like Sometimes I'll touch their knee, but I'm led by God and I ask first. But I wouldn't do it unless my husband was standing there too. Um, and I knew the man well. The um, 
their back. You can touch them, but you need to ask. So use, use wisdom. Men should never touch a woman in this area, <laughs> okay, around the chest or the neck. Uh, we have anointing oil up here in various places, and you want to ask permission before you use it and make sure that you know how to explain it to somebody. Uh, we had a small group one time, and the church secretary came to our small group, another state, not the state, and uh, someone was not feeling well, so we anointed with oil, and we're praying over him. And when she got back to the church office on Monday, she asked the pastor, what was up with the oil? Was it magic or something? So even though people might be in our congregation, they may not be familiar with the symbolism of oil. I've kind of written a brief explanation. We'll get to that a little later. Resist the urge to give professional, medical, or legal advice. Point them to Jesus and to God's word. Really, that's what we want to pray over them is God's word, his promises. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead your prayer. And um, we're going to start keeping some prayer cards up here, intercessory prayer cards. So when the intercessory prayer team meets on Monday, Monday, Debbie, Monday, that they'll have needs for people where there's an ongoing need. Someone came to you, they're having tests, they're sick, financial need, um, a job need, and you can ask them if they would like additional prayer from the intercessory team, and they will pray for them on Monday. So we'll have those up here to allow them. And you just be led by the Spirit on who you ask to fill those out. I'm going to skip over real quick to what could happen at the altar. So it's a different handout, one page. Okay, you can have some straightforward prayer. You can have someone come up and tell you they want to they want to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You kind of you have to know how to lead someone to the Lord. I think everyone in here um, knows how to do that. You want to somebody may want to com- recommit their lives to Christ. You could have someone come up seeking baptism of the Holy Spirit. You could have someone come up asking for prayer for healing. And um, you could have somebody come up here needing, needing prayer for healing for a very emotional need. So you want to make sure that um, if that person gets loud and weepy and to or they look like they're going to get really loud, let's move them into another area so it's not a distraction to the rest of the people that are praying up here or to the congregation. It's, that's like a car wreck. Everybody likes to look, right? Everybody slows down when they drive by. Well, not everybody, but most people slow down and look at a car wreck. And when you see someone being wrecked by the Lord, it's real easy for someone sitting out here to feel like they're in an audience watching And it's best just to take them out for privacy's sake. We have a duty in Texas under the law to report child abuse and neglect and elderly abuse, neglect, and exploitation. So somebody could come up here 
and request prayer because they're either confessing they did this to somebody or they are going to make an allegation. If that happens, the first person you tell is either Pastor Allen or one of the two elders, uh, Greg Harrell or my husband, or J.P. Grantham. And you will be instructed on how you notify the state because you have a duty under the law to report it if someone should tell you that. That scares some people. I've been up here a long time, and nobody's ever done that to me up here. However, it has been done in children's church so, because that's where you, you know, we deal with kids all the time. So you want to be aware that you, do, you can't keep that secret. And then you could have demons manifest or attempt to manifest. And if that happens, we don't want that to happen in here because this is God's house. This is his time on Sunday morning. So you are gonna ha- you're not going to have a conversation with a demon, but you're going to bind it and, if necessary, remove the person to another room. You don't want to get engaged in deliverance without being prayed up yourself. And I think Yvette has a really wonderful, not terrible testimony about dealing with someone who needed deliverance and I'll let her share at some point with you without her being in a position herself to to take that on. So it can affect even the most seasoned person. You do want to be prayed up and you don't want to be doing it alone and it cannot happen up here on Sunday morning. Okay, now we're going to skip back to the same paper we were on after the ministry. The really... When I first got on the prayer team here, I had two women that I didn't know that did not go to our church come to me for prayer. Never saw them before, didn't know their names, and they were weeping and they wanted to confess some things. And they told me that they went, I wanted to know if they were saved. They went to another church, and the reason they came to our church is because the Lord had put it on their hearts to make confessions about these things and get prayer for them. But they came here because they were afraid that if they went to their own church, that somebody, that the prayer team would talk about it and everybody would know their business. That made my heart sick to think that people are afraid to come forward because there could be talk after it. So I've really emphasized here, maintain confidentiality. What is set up here, other than the, the allegations we talked about involving children or adult, uh, elderly adult or disabled adults, and critical situations in a person's life that a pastor and or, or elder needs to hear about, we shouldn't be talking about it. I shouldn't be calling Debbie on Monday morning and telling her everything the person said to me up here. It's part of Proverbs. Over and over again in Proverbs, we're talked about not to gossip. And the more we talk about the incident, the less healing we're praying over the incident. We're actually giving place to the enemy in their life. So I am really, really strongly urge you that if you don't feel you can hear somebody tell you something very personal, 
and not keep it to yourself, that you rethink whether or not you want to be on this team because you have to maintain that integrity. You, we have to have it if we're going to have people be transparent and actually experience the touch of God. Um, so we don't want you to post prayer requests on social media unless the person seeking prayer asks you expressly to do it. And then only on the church website, and you're going to direct them to the prayer card and to call the office. And they can write on their prayer card that they, like it posted, that they would like to have it posted online. The, or they can just call the office on Monday. But we don't want to get be the in-between to call the office, because what if something happens and you forget or there's an emergency in your own life on Monday to tell them, hey, post this online for this person. It's better if that person is, is involved in that chain of events. Um, and, of course, we're free to follow up with them during the week. So if you exchange phone numbers with somebody that you feel like, hey, this is somebody I might be able to mentor or I know of a job opportunity and they're looking for a job and you exchange numbers, we want you to feel free to follow up with them again. It makes people feel welcome. And the last sheet we're going to talk about is what not to do. The top ten, I had to counter the other top ten, of what not to do when praying for people. So the first thing is don't expose anyone. If you get a word of knowledge and the person's got someone else standing with them, and it could be real embarrassing, this is not the time to discuss it with them. And maybe God just gave you that word of knowledge so you know what, would, what to pray for. So you want to be careful to expose them. You want to be careful not to uncover them. I like in Second Corinthians 13, love covers. Right, sin? So... When we love someone as a prayer team, we're supposed to love these people we're praying for. We don't want to uncover them. Um, try not to use churchy language or things they may not understand. Gear it towards the person you're praying with if you don't know them. Uh, don't use a lot of catchy church Christianity phrases that they may not understand. Are you saved? No. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? How, do you know who he is? Right? So we, wanna, we don't want to use those terms, save, salvation, when they may not understand. Don't pray with someone of the opposite sex. We're going to really hammer on that. Don't encourage people to stop taking medicine, to leave their spouse, or make other life-changing decisions. I know that sounds like we should never do that, but we have had, and I have seen, that happen. Don't allow a demon to manifest. Don't yell. Don't be shocked by what you hear, what you see. Don't use the anointing oil without permission. And don't touch anyone without permission. Don't put your hand on their shoulder and then give them the shoulder massage. Don't push on them. You know, somebody one time had, I heard, had the anointing of... Um, People, they prayed for people, and they went down in the spirit, and they prayed for me. And let me tell you, if I hadn't had a strong leg, he would have pushed me over. So don't, don't do that to other people. You get it? 
So he's praying for me, and I am telling you, all his weight was on my head, and he was bound and determined I was going to fall over, even if he was going to make me fall over. And I kept my leg back here to keep it from happening because it was not the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do that to other people. We want the power of God to manifest, not our, our power. We don't want to pull on them, pound them, shake them, slap them, punch them, or blow on them. <laughs> All things that have been done on prayer lines, not necessarily here. And we don't want to mess up their hair or clothing. Unless you ask, I'm sorry, Carl, I know you like to pour oil on people. <laughs> you do ask. So he gets away with it because he asked permission first. Um, I would say probably, it depends on how bad I needed. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Only men. I like that. Okay. Does anybody have any questions about this? No? Okay. Thank you. Any questions? All right. There, there are reasons for some of these things, uh, not necessarily things that have happened here, but at other churches. And The Bible says, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, one church had one of those guys that practiced the leaning on of hands, not the laying on of hands, but the leaning on of hands, and pushed a woman down on top of the pointed up spike high heels of another woman that he had pushed down and injured that person's back. Needless to say, that became a legal affair. And uh, we want people to leave here feeling better, not not worse. Yes, Julie. We will have the, we'll have the prayer. They're they're in the bulletin for one. So if you don't find any, just grab a bulletin on the back side of the, of the uh, readers' cards, a communication card. So we'll just have them in a brochure holder up here. It's the project room. Mm-hmm. Bible study room. Mm-hmm. And if there's children in there, just say y'all need to go. We're here to pray, and uh, yeah, be good. Uh, some of these things Marietta shared are extremes. You don't see them every Sunday, but when they happen, we want to deal with them. We're not afraid of demons, but they like to entertain and distract and ruin a service. And unbelievers run out and say that these people are nuts. And meanwhile, the, the demon manifesting person may be their first time too. So you just we have the authority to bind demons and tell them to be quiet. There's only one biblical example of a conversation with a demon anyway, and that was Jesus with legion. So out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, you know, while Bob, what's his name, may be entertaining, I don't know that he's practicing biblical deliverance. Bob Larson, he has full-blown conversations with them and stuff, and I'm not sure if it's always demons anyway. But um, tell them to be quiet and then the thing with deliverance, here's what I believe firmly, and we've seen it again and again. You want to interview the person. When did these problems start? And lead the person to repentance and then command that thing to go, and he has no legal right to stay. If you don't, he'll just take up hours and hours of your time, 
and pretend to go, or he'll go and then come back with seven friends. The person's eight times worse. Now they're really suicidal. Anyway, yeah, so you bind them, be quiet in Jesus' name. Now, brother, can we go and talk somewhere, and uh, there's something going on with you. Um, a pastor of another church of another denomination called me one night at, down at Country Left Theater and says, can we talk to you? And he brought another minister with him, a guy that was in the music ministry, who that day had been at a graveyard in Crescent wanting to take his life. Just totally tormented by demons. And so he said, well, how do you think these things started? Where did this thing get a foothold? And he got discouraged in the ministry, and somehow Satan tempted him like he did Jesus during his fast. And he began to pray to Satan for blessing on his music ministry. And Satan stopped resisting his music ministry, and it appeared to be blessed, right? Until (laughs) Satan had enough of a foothold, destroyed his marriage, destroyed his ministry, destroyed everything, and then took his will to live away. So we led him through repentance of that, and then we ran that thing off, and it was gone. And he's still alive today as far as I know. So um, some people may be tempted to get into all the mechanics of demonology and all that stuff. I don't know that that's that's necessary. Uh, They're not having babies, so there's no more here than we're here when Jesus was here. And what the Word said is what the word says, so we have authority. And, um, you know, we want to run them off and get that person seeking God for the fullness of his spirit so they don't come back anyway. Anybody else? All right, well, thank you so much for your hearts. Uh, again, this Sunday we won't come call you forward after the second service um, because... Chairs, tables will be moving and chili will be setting up. But um, the next Sunday, oh, yeah, especially with us teaching through Acts, we're going to get into Acts chapter 2 Sunday after next. Oh, yes, you betcha. Yeah, just a fingertip or whatever. Now, if somebody falls, we want it to be God. But just in case it's not, we don't want them to get hurt, right? So, um Tom, can you stand and just kind of turn sideways? So if you're praying for someone and you see them falling, get behind them or get someone behind them. Here you go. I don't want you to fall. It's going to fall back. You want to catch the small of their back. Position your leg like this. Small of their back and force them to bend their knees if you can and lay them down. But it's best to get somebody with you. Help lay the person. Um, All right. Well, Lord, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters who have joined us here for these few minutes to be equipped and enabled and empowered to serve you. God, we pray for your blessing upon our church like never before this year. We pray, God, for an outpouring of your spirit. Lord, make us an accelerated church for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you. And thank you, Marietta. Wasn't that good?